Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg Podcast, episode, episode 487. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, Charlie here with you. I uh, got a great show today, talking born bucks. We're talking Packers and their bye week. Can we ever have a good bye week? Uh, and then we'll talk about the Brewers not making any moves for the winter meetings. Is there an overreaction? Is it an underreaction to the very cranky fan base? Uh, before we do all that, Mitch, what's happening, buddy? How you doing? What's uh, what's going on? Happy Happy Friday! Yeah, Happy Friday to you as well. Doing doing pretty well. Um, it's been uh, you know, I, I I've had a I'd say a cold, you know, like everybody else last uh last week or so, and but I'm I'm swinging back through here, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Got a show this weekend in Madison. Getting pretty excited for that. Yeah, check um, check the boys out. You'll have to be thankfully the snowstorm comes Friday today. Yeah, you won't have to really worry about that. You know, on the drive up on Saturday. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that'll be we we did get a little little yeah because uh, if that would have come in the afternoon Saturday, that would have mm-hmm. been a trouble. That would have been yeah. <laughs> big trouble. Um, Hold on to your butts. Uh, I mean, the only thing that Madison has going for them is the fact that it's a drive right off ninety four. We live we not we live closely to one another. 94 is pretty easy to get to from where we reside. So like you do mostly highway driving, so it'd be plowed and right. salted. So yeah, it, I it mean, wouldn't it's be not as the, bad. Not the first a... time I've ever seen snow in my life. Right. So I mean, it's, it's right. not the end of the world. It's not, not coming from Arizona, but yeah. yeah. It's very rare that a snowstorm is, and I know this one's going to, it could be bad. Uh, it, it, it's rare that a snowstorm will be like, okay, we can't drive or we can't leave the house or anything like that. Like usually if there's a will, there's a way and just not be a pussy about it. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so, show yeah, Saturday. Enough about the weather. Yeah. Go check the guys out. If you're in the Madison area, uh, garden home playing with a few other friends, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's yeah, correct. Should be a good show at the Rigby, which is right by the Capitol. So excited. Uh, I meant to ask him today, but I don't know if Shake Ken's playing the 12 bars of Christmas this weekend, but I would assume he might be. So go out and uh, see the boy. Um, yeah. If that's the case. I don't know, though. So I'm not, he's on and off the, now. Said he wasn't doing I talked to him today. We're doing a keg jam next week. But um, uh, yeah. So if he's out, go see him. Uh, we visited him last week. We had a great time. Got, got some judgment from some people, but you know what? That's okay. I mean, we, had a, <laughs> we had a good time. That's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Got to. So, Always fun to go hang out for a bit. Oh yeah, exactly. You just you you can dial it up, and and what people don't understand is that you just kind of in your own world. Even though there's a bunch of people dancing, like you're in this own little corner, like not doing anything, you know, um, and just kind of hanging out. But that's that's here and there. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, left that at that one. Uh, we have a great show uh, today. I'm really excited for this. The Bucks are the center of our first topic today and they haven't really been getting the national media love. And I don't want to sound like this is a whiny, whiny part of the pod. I don't want to sell, make this sound like we're complaining and we're woe is me. The fact that, you know, people like a Bill Simmons or Zach Lowe or just ES first take Stephen A in general are not talking about the box. Cause we don't, I don't think we want that. Uh, we're past that. Uh, when we were doing our pre-prop pod meeting, you're like, no whining allowed, which is true. But it is a little frustrating to see all of the attention that the Celtics are getting with people acting like this is the 87 Celtics or the 2001 Lakers 
or one of the great Jordan's Bulls teams. When really, if you peel back the onion, this team is doing really well. They're playing really good basketball. But it's a little too early to be like this, anoint this team as the next great team. And they still have a coach that has never coached in the playoffs. Um, it's just there's a lot. And I think Bucks fans in general are sick of it. They've just had enough. And the Wednesday night ESPN broadcast was basically a full-on fellatio for two, two and a half hours because the Celtics ollie-whopped the, the Phoenix Suns for really from start to finish. And yeah. that be, it just became this crowning achievement. And people are forgetting we're not even to Christmas. So while I get frustrated at the attention, I really think it comes down to just that the Bucks are boring. And the Bucs are not that they don't bring a lot of excitement because they've been doing this year in, year out. And yeah, it's it's just it's kind of gone long enough. And I think you and I are collectively putting our foot down and being like, all right, you guys gotta gotta do something a little bit more to recognize what the Bucs have done so far this season. Yeah. Well, and 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 I mean, yeah, I guess for me it's not I, I guess yeah, they don't get love. They do get acknowledgement, but that's about it. Like it's always, you know, uh, Boston and then, yeah, Milwaukee's in there too, you know, or like, um, you know, I think Boston and Milwaukee are the two best teams and it's just like, but it's always Boston first, which that's, that's fine. They, they do have, they do have the best record. I mean, mm-hmm. they do, they're, they're off to a good start. I mean, they've had a relatively seamless transition into Joe Missoula and, you know, um, I personally wouldn't have minded had they struggled a little bit more. It would have been a lot more about Ime Odoka. Have no. not heard that name in a long, long time. No, he's gone. Um, nobody cares anymore. He is uh, probably never going to be back in Boston. And, um, you know, good for them. But it's just kind of like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we have one of the most, ex- if probably the most exciting player, um, maybe in sports, but maybe that's, maybe that's a hot take. Um, I, I, I'll let it go. Continue. Yeah. And, but I just think like the Bucks, you know, again, like you said, they've, they've, they've done it for a few years now. Um, and we have a lot of good guys. There's no drama, you know, your first takes of the world and stuff like that. Um, probably not like your Bill Simmons as much in this regard, but like your, your first takes, your undisputed zones, they're feeding off drama all the time. You have, yeah. you have no drama with the Bucks. I mean, right. we're, 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 we're very, very fortunate. And, so they don't have the obvious angle, I guess, for them to to fill a segment. And but at the, at the same time, as soon as we lose, you know, um, like for example, the Lakers. The Lakers obviously played a fantastic game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Hats yeah. off to them. Very Bucks very easily could have won that game. Still, people forget. Oh yeah. Um, no, but it's like, taken. but it's like. All of a sudden, that's what it was at the beginning of the week. The Lakers are back, you know, over the weekend and at the beginning of the week. Everybody everybody couldn't wait to, you know, crown Anthony Davis's ass again. He went from he went from should he be traded, he's done, street clothes, et cetera, to um top five MVP candidate, potential <laughs> defensive player of the year. It's I heard cra- that. I mean, it's and, crazy, it's crazy how quick it like it just right. works, right? Oh, yeah. And Two weeks like, in the NBA is like a lifetime. No, and, right. Yeah. And go well, ahead. Continue. And that's what that's what I'm saying is like, you know, it's like the Bucks are this like model franchise, which, you know, or like or like everybody uses us as, you know, if they beat us, then it's, you know, this team's for real. This team is back. Uh, whereas like 
the Bucks get these wins and it's just, yeah, it's what they're supposed to do. And like, I think the analogy I came up with for the Bucks is they are kind of like the good looking girl, you know, cute, uh, goody two shoes, like teacher's pet type. Right. You know what I mean? Like turtleneck mm-hmm. wearing, um, you know, that, that like, yeah, that chick just prim like and, as soon as prim and proper, prim, kind, prim of, and proper. kind of gets upset if you're out past a certain time, like doesn't yeah. might not do shots, like things like that. Right. And and like gets gets straight A's and has really never fucked up in their life um, or not in the last few years. And like as soon as they do, then it's like, oh, my God, you know, I got to believe um, I, I can't believe I can't believe she would do such a thing. I, right. You know, it's like way out of character and it's like yeah no they're they're human right like i mean i'm thinking as you're saying this and i'm like the two thoughts that came across my head were number one if the bucks were the same team but they were in new york city i think they're talked about every day i don't think it's non-stop it is you know it's all about you know new york fat like they're even maybe they're in miami if that's the exact same team and they're in another bigger city they're going to be talked about more number one number two if like Giannis was chewing out Chris Middleton on the sidelines, like let's just say that happens in the Golden State game or the Memphis game, that's a story tomorrow. That's a story. Oh, what's wrong with Giannis and Middleton? Is there beef with Giannis and Middleton? When really, you know what? Teammates argue. Teammates get into fights. There, and that has never happened with the Bucks. But if it did, to your point about the prim and proper, all of a sudden falling flat on their face, drunk, drunk as a skunk on Water Street, like they that gets talked about. And it's really frustrating. And I think it shines a light on how bad some of the NBA media is because all they basically are doing is the real housewives of sports television. Cause that's right. all it is. Right. It's nothing different than a Bravo television show. Uh, you know, I watch a lot of those at the house, which I don't mind. Like it's a good guilty pleasure. I enjoy them. My wife likes them a lot. Like, but that's all the fucking, a lot of the NBA media is doing and it's embarrassing. And more than anything else, and it, it, you could even pivot if you wanted to zag and be like, you know what, we kind of are above it. And at some point, they're going to have to talk about us. They're going to be forced to talk about us. But until then, whatever, we'll just avoid all this bullshit. Yeah, it's, you know, again, we're, I don't I don't know. I hope we're not sounding whiny. It's just I think it's we, we have to point it out because like, I, oh, yeah, you know, the, the only real like national you know, obviously, I guess that Zach Lowe podcast with Eric yeah. Name, yeah, where it was like the only real deep dive. And I know even last year, like Simmons, the only time the Bucks got a real was when Ben Thompson was on there, right? Where it was right. like, where it was a real, like an actual Bucks podcast, where it's like, you know, I, I guess my my overall question is like, when is when are we getting a deep dive? You know, or when are we getting a legitimate like? I don't it's know. Pro- 10, or, honestly, 10 or 15 minutes. Honestly, on one of these af- podcasts. it's af- it's after Christmas. It's after yeah, Christmas. Right. And it's and when whenever, we lose what, what, and when yeah. we lose to Boston, <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. it's it's gonna be like three years ago against Philly. Yeah. Where it's, it's just it's just you gotta live in a bomb shelter for, for right. a month. Because... Right. It's I mean, yeah, the Christmas is either setting up to be this awesome, like Packers all of a sudden have a pulse, the Bucks beat the Celtics, like you and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll definitely have a pod, you know, leading up to both of those games. 
or it's like they both lose and Christmas is canceled and you're just like, fuck this. Like Packers are probably eliminated from the playoffs at that point. Uh, the, you, you have the Bucks who then you're to your point, all be a Celtics, Celtics, Celtics. It won't stop. And right. yeah, it's, I, I do think it's interesting that the media hasn't taken note of the fact that after the latter game for Giannis Antetokounmpo, he has been an absolute stud. He's had eight straight games of 30 points. Uh, he did have right. a rest day in there. He's halfway to Kareem's record of 16, which is a really big record. And that's a record that is like other kind of, it's kind of next level shit. Like, I hope like we all understand this and I'm okay if Giannis doesn't break that record for the record. Like, I think it's really cool. It's an awesome record to kind of keep track of, but I did the math today. And if he doesn't have any more rest days, and they don't have any back-to-backs upcoming. Uh, they do have a lot of road trips and things like that. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. But if he gets if he gets 30 the rest of the way, his his 30th game to break the record would be Christmas Day. That would be the wow. day to break. Uh, unbelievable, right? Crazy. So, so it's like that to me should be talked about. That It also should be – you could also go at the other angle of like, did Philly poke the bear for Giannis Antetokounmpo and basically – set up this season where the Bucs were going on this sort of villain era, if you will, of like, all right, you guys are going to kind of fuck with us. You're going to push us around. You're not pushing us around. This is not happening. And we're out for blood. And the other part of this, and this is a hot take as well, I think what the Bucs have done this season, yes, they're two games back to the Celtics, I think is more impressive than what Boston's done. I just do. You've been out hmm. Middleton the, almost the entire season. Yeah, Pat Connaughton not there. Um, I know they had a lot of home games. That would be the argument against it. But they and Drew Holiday went down for a little while. Giannis went down for a little while. Like they've had a ton of injuries early on. I think the Celtics player. I think Tatum and Brown have missed a combined three games so far this season. So I, I kind of don't want to. They haven't faced adversity yet, which I think is going to be the real interesting thing to watch with Boston and Joe Mazzola when the when the adversity strikes because it'll strike it's an 82 game season it strikes for everybody no one's on scale well i think the argument for that would be you know they had they had adversity in the off season and yes oh 100 you know they've they've come out with you know you know I, I i'm fairly impressed i mean um just again as i said about udoka and stuff like that i think most people thought that was going to be a huge issue yeah and I did. it really I did. it really hasn't been so that's kind of been their adversity, but that's a fair point that, you know, what's going to happen when I don't want to say it, but you know, Jalen Brown goes down for a couple of weeks or something and you know, then what, I mean, that Gallinari is also out. I don't know how much of a factor he is. I think that too, they're also getting, and this happens with teams that are good. You get like Luke Cornett's been unbelievable for him, and you know, and that dude sucks. And <laughs> I mean, they're like, they're like Luke Luke Cornett's defense. They're like this eclipse defense. It's like you don't think like they're gonna figure that out. Like they're going to figure out like how to how to basically work around that. It's fine. Like they're just they're doing little things here and there that teams are gonna figure out. It's just part of of sort of how the season works. Like stuff that works at the beginning of the year doesn't always work the full year. Just like I'm yeah. sure I'm sure. There will be a team or two that figures out how to shoot against the Bucs, right? And the Bucs have been really good at limiting three-pointers. They, you know, basically all that was said this offseason was not bullshit. 
They were the Kings were 12 of 38 last night. Like, and that's been a theme throughout the year. And at, at some point, some team's going to figure it out, you know, and is that going to be multiple teams or is that just going to be one or two where you're like, oh man, got to play Utah again. And they were so good from beyond the arc the first time they played us. I, I'm just using Utah as a proxy, but like, that's the, that's the part of it. I also have on the Bucks, and I know it's like four games against the Celtics, but I'm like studying those Bulls tapes. I'm like, what did the Bulls do? Is it just, they didn't want to be there. That was just one of those lazy games. But why have the Bulls been able to figure out the Celtics twice now and nobody in the rest of the league has been able to kind of crack that code? Were both those in Chicago somehow? Uh, yeah, they were both in Chicago. And then the uh, Boston beat Chicago at home um, it by like five. It was a close game. But Boston did win that one in, in, uh, in Boston. Huh. So I wonder. I mean, having not watched those games really, uh, no. uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to think what what do the Bulls have personnel wise that would – give Tatum and Brown problems or yeah, um Rosen's not I mean I'll look up the I'll kind of do a quick box where I look while you talk but it's like yeah it, it, what what can there be is that is do they have the secret sauce maybe they don't and I mean those games to your well, point I just I think the Bulls probably have the issue where they're they get up for good teams and now oh, yeah, down totally. to their competition that's, so yeah that's the Bulls like motto so far this season like they we're in a dogfight with the Wizards last night who were undermanned and they won that game. But, you know, then they, you know, come by, beat Milwaukee and they beat Bo- they beat Milwaukee and Boston in back-to-back games. They beat, yeah. they beat Boston 127-107 on the Monday of Thanksgiving. So put up 121 points on this team. I mean, it from the looks of it, like, yeah, it, it's a weird game. They shut down the bench a little bit. I – I'd have to dig into it more because, yeah, you look at kind of the box score from the from the Celtics and you're like, how did you lose this game? You shot 43%. You were 38% from three. They had 15 turnovers, so maybe that's that's what it, what it was. But, yeah, it's going to be fun, man. I, I think there will – think if you were to say where the Bucks get the attention, it's going to come Christmas. And yeah. the Bucks aren't going to care if they win or lose. They'll care about winning and losing. I don't want to make it sound that nonchalantly. I think those games – matter so much more than let's say golden state and memphis next week because you're talking about playoff seeding and right now from all i see it's going to be the bucks and celtics as the one or two seeds in the nba eastern conference and i think getting home court matters and and boston's a tough place to play and so those it will matter but if the bucks lose and everyone's like oh the celtics all the celtics i mean you could make a case that it might just be good motivation for kind of the dog days of the NBA and kind of keep them a little bit level. But I, I don't think the Bucks will have to worry about that, even if they win and then everyone just starts sucking their dick all of a sudden. Yeah. Christmas day is going to be pretty big. I mean, it just depends on how it goes. I mean, if, if the Bucks do win, but barely it'll kind of, it'll get brushed off. Oh yeah. It'll I think. be like, well, you know, Giannis made this one block and that's why, that's why we, we they were able to win. And now, and that'll be, that'll be it. I just hope that, you know, everybody's healthy and is, uh, you know, we have a pound for pound match that day. Oh yeah. I agree with that. And it's not, you know, uh, yeah, but Tatum was out. Yeah. But Tatum was out or, or Brown, like, like, or Drew sprained his ankle or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I want it to be, I want it to be everybody, everybody against everybody. And, and you might, I don't think you're going to get Robert Williams. I think they said he's 10 to 12. 
games away. Um, but it might have been days. It was either days or games. I never know with Robert Williams. Uh, but I don't – that's one where it's like they, they're – the Celtics fans will hold on to that one, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Well, yeah, because so. with him it's like, oh, look at how – you know, look at how much we're doing without our best defender or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, yeah but you got to remember when he's on the court, their offense is probably going to be significantly worse too. Yeah. So, uh, hashtag people forget. So, how far before we move on to Packers, how fired up are you for late night Bucks tonight? Nine o'clock, Bucks Mavericks. Um, yeah, I, I just love the 9 p.m. Friday games. I don't need them every week, but just like once a month where it's just like I can come in kind of with a buzz and just kind of drink and enjoy, enjoy a game. Me personally, I love the 9 p.m. games. Just not every, not every Friday, just every now and again. I, I like, like it sprinkled in. Yeah, I mean, on a Friday, it's fine with me. I mean, yeah. that's – I guess I'd prefer a little earlier, but, um, you know, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah, gonna be... I guess I kind of forgot about that, but, yeah, um, yeah it's There's... fine. I mean, I, I went to one, you know, a month ago. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, this one will be tough. I mean, Dallas has been playing a little bit better. Um, they are very good at home. So this will this will be a tough one. They don't usually play well in Dallas either. Not that year to year really matters, but um, that it has not been a place that I think the books have won in a while. I think it's been a couple of years. So hopefully, hopefully they can get it done and uh, keep this winning streak rolling. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Dallas is obviously. I I hope that they get fired up for it with Jason Kidd they, and all that. And yeah, Luka. they will. Yeah, they they will. I mean, it'll be a packed house. Be a pretty lively crowd. Be at a nine PM start at local time in Dallas. I, I think they get up for that one. I think Houston on a Sunday is the one you worry about if they don't sit some guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, which uh, before we talk about Packer buy stuff, kind of nice that the schedule makers blessed us. I, you're not a Marquette fan, but I have Marquette Notre Dame at three thirty, and then I get Bucks Rockets later later in the afternoon, like early evening. That's great. I'll take that any bye week of the year. Yeah, I did think about how the Bucks play Sunday night when the Packers have a bye. So yeah, I would have preferred uh, I would have preferred a day game. Not gonna lie to you, like I'm looking forward to Dolphins Chargers. Like I would have preferred uh, preferred the three o'clock because I don't I don't really need to get up for Buccaneers uh, 49ers. Um, you know, Brady versus Big Dick Brock, which is apparently his nickname um, in the Niner locker room. Which you know you got to respect that. But it's uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. That game does absolutely nothing for me. It's like first of first of fourteen wins that wins that football game. Yeah, that'll be ugly. Yeah, yeah gross. But speaking of football, uh, Packers are on. Speaking by. of gross, what the Packers? The Packers? Hey, they won last week. The second half was encouraging. Uh, they ended that uh, that sort of that first part of their season or second part of the season on a high note. Um, and now they have the buy and I don't know if the buy came at the best time. I think that if the buy had come after London, I, I think this Packers team is better. I think they would have had, you know, Rogers and Stum would have had some time to heal right off the bat. I think it was way more hurt than, than let on. And I, Rogers tried to pay, play through the pain, pain, which God bless him, but he probably should not have done that. Um, I also think if they would have been in the middle of the season, so the wheels were kind of falling off, but had it completely careened off, which I feel like is the Detroit game. Although I will point out that Detroit is a lot better than I think people thought they were. And Detroit, if they beat Minnesota this week, they are six and seven. 
and they yep. are they are favored against a ten and two Vikings team. That is quite weird. Um, that tells you something. Somebody knows something, right? Uh, but but at the I, time they were they were one and six, and, right? Uh, no, I, they had I, lost five games in a row. I think. Mitch, Mitch, so. I'm just pointing out. I'm just I'm just laying the facts here. But yeah, so am I. Uh, so do you? So do you think if the Packers did have the bye week? At a different time of the season, they would be a better team. Or do you think we're still, instead of talking about a five and eight team, we're just talking about a four and seven team? Yeah. Well, potentially with after the London game when Rodgers gets hurt, and maybe if you get the fortunate situation where you have the extra week off, uh, you know, maybe things are a little bit different. Just because, you know, he, he didn't look real good against the Jets, obviously, lose 27 to 10. No. Uh, and, and the offense really, through that Lions game, was 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 pretty pretty piss poor. Um, but since then, they've been better. And I don't know. I, I guess I thought, for, for me, an ideal buy, again, I think I would – I typically would prefer a later in the year bye week just because, um, you know, the Packers typically are primed to make a deep run in the postseason. And I think you like that later bye week just to get, you know, you get, a bunch games on, you get a bunch of games under your belt and then you can hopefully you, it works out where you have a couple of guys um, who you can you can get back. And then you've got four or five games left and you're in the postseason like that. Typically, that seems to be beneficial to me, but. Here, week 14, I mean, I don't know how drunk these schedule makers were. But yeah, we have right? we have we have six teams on a bye in week 14. There's like four games left after that, which is I don't remember that. This must be a, a little quirk with the new extra week. I don't remember week, you know, they didn't have buys in week 14 before they added the game, did they? I know. I, I think the latest uh, buys were, were like 12 or 13. I yeah. actually I actually think they will not do week 14 buys next year, or there will be like two teams because I think the fantasy implications, I know that sounds really lame to say out loud, but I, I mean, <laughs> the NFL cares about that shit. And I think that oh, yeah. they will, they will hear it from fans and, and that will be something that matters to the league and that they'll look at that and say, all right, maybe we need to tone it back or spread it out. But I think also to argue my own point, I think a lot of teams tell the league we would prefer later buys for yeah. exactly the reason you're saying that. Right. And Rogers has talked about that on McAfee in the past. I didn't listen to him this week, but Rogers, you know, has said in the past, like, I like playing, I like buys later because for the, all the reasons you laid out. And so, right. so yes, it would be contradicting to what the Packers have done. But if one year the Packers would have had an earlier buy, this is probably the year because it would have just let everybody take a collective deep breath and be like, okay, you're okay. We're fine. We lost a couple games in a row. It sucks, but, but it's going to get better. And, and maybe that would have just helped a, a collective reset for this pack of football team. For me, I, I think it would have been after the Dallas game would have been oh, yeah, that'd be great. a nice, a nice time for a buy. That was only a couple weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. But to me, that was like, uh, an emotional game against the Cowboys. He pulled it out overtime. 
And then right away, you had to turn around and face the Titans on, on Thursday. Like, that was just always going to probably be a loss. It, and, you know, it, and it was – that's. can I just interrupt real quick? I'll let you go. But, like, you were so spot on on that. Like, you listened back to the podcast. Like, yeah. I was kind of, like, swinging my dick a little bit. And you were like, dude, like, this is not going to go well. And you were 100% right. Sorry, continue. Yeah, I mean, so, like, if you would have had that, that week off and, you know, let's say you move everything back a week – you get a you get a week to prepare for Derrick Henry and the Titans, and although I you know I have enough data this year that I'm I don't know how much that would help Joe Barry, but <laughs> not, no. I mean, you know, just to cool off, you get a nice win against Dallas, signature win if you will, and you have a week to start smelling yourself, and who knows what happens, but right. you know that wasn't the case, and no. they roll forward, they they lose to the Titans, they lose to the Eagles. Offense starts to look better. Pick it up again a little bit against the Bears. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess, I don't know. Now, and, now, the, and now you're here and you're going to play the Rams next week in a very right. rival game. You know, Baker Mayfield now, I guess, is their quarterback. Uh, he started the, the game tonight against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And you'll just, you can call them you know, Oakland. That's fine. They're still yeah, Oakland. Yeah, they're, they're Oakland to me, damn it. Um, exactly. You know, it's, but, uh, you know, that Rams team, none of those guys are going to want to play in the gold of Lambeau Field on a Monday night in, you know, in middle of December. Like, there's a lot of people that are like, Can, when am I booking my flight to Cancun? Like, I I am just checked out here. And I do I do think that that helps Packers and it builds some momentum for a very, very tough Dolphins team. Like, I fully acknowledge Mike McDaniel versus Joe Barry might be one of the biggest coaching mismatches of the entire NFL season. I fully understand this. I know this. That said, I'm, I'll go full all in and just believe believe because that's all I got to do. Like, I I have a delusional streak in me with the Green Bay Packers, and it's more than the Bucs. It's more than the Brewers. I'm delusional about all my teams in a certain way. But I think just because I've been through it, I've, I've been on that roller coaster before, I don't mind staying on until it just completely falls off the tracks and, and is done for the year and crashes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we all have enough uh, conversation with you to know that. that well, I know, but like, well, first of all, you, you, but like, seriously, like, am I, how am I wrong though? Because no, you can tell I mean, you, like, it's fine. 2010, there was a very slim shot that the Packers were going to make the playoffs. Deshaun Watt, or Deshaun Watt, Deshaun Jackson takes back a kick. For a touchdown, the miracle of the Meadowlands happens. The Giants come in just dejected into Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers absolutely lights up the Giants. And then they have to hang on for dear life to beat the Bears. And they get into the playoffs. And then they win the Super Bowl, right? And it's just this incredible run. 2016, 4-6. There are blogs out there. You can find them on TabithaKegSports.com where I'm calling for firing Mike McCarthy that I'm saying this Packer team is lost. This Packer team needs to figure itself out. And then Green Bay goes out and they win out and they lose in the NFC championship game and lose to an extremely talented Atlanta team. And they had no corners and you had Ladarius Gunther going up against Julio Jones, which was about as big of a mismatch as Joe Barry versus Mike McDaniel. Like, so yeah. I, that that's the uh, part. but in but in, in 2010 their their low water mark was eight and six. Oh look, and... I uh, I understand that this if they were to and I'm not saying like just getting into the playoffs is the accomplishment, but if if they were to get to the playoffs 
And then if they were to beat Minnesota, who I think everyone's acknowledged at this point is a complete fraud. And every number, every metric, it's it's not good for Minnesota. They are they're kind the bell is tolling for Minnesota. And you beat Minnesota and then you lose in the divisional round. I think everyone would look at that as a, a solid season. People will be frustrated. You know, it's another year without Rodgers winning a Super Bowl, yada yada, the same old bullshit. But there would be weirdly, I don't want to call it a moral victory, but just getting to the playoffs would be fucking just, incredible for the I Packers. just don't understand what the point of that is. But I, I'm not ever gonna tell a you know a player to not try. So like no question, I, but I did the I did the podcast on Monday and I said that people need to embrace the hunt mentality because of exactly all of them laying out. I might have done a little too much of that podcast here, but I'm sorry, respectfully, like it's loser mentality to want high draft picks in the NFL. I think the NFL is entirely different than the NBA. Uh, it, it really the NBA. That's the that's the difference. Like I, the NFL. There's no draft lottery. You you will pick where you pick. You can get good draft picks all throughout the first round of the of the NFL draft. It's likely that Green Bay is probably picking somewhere between 13 and 16. And I'm sure we could dig up 10 years, 20 years of draft data where they there are really good picks in those in those slots, right? Um, so I'm not like I'm not being like, oh, they need to tank because I don't know. I, has anyone even ever really tanked in the NFL? I, I don't know. And the other interesting debate, and I'll let you weigh in on this, is so let's just say they fall apart, lose to the Rams, uh, which would be really bad, which would be embarrassing, and I don't want that to happen. But they lose to the Rams, and they're out. Do you Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers play three games with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, both fully healthy, to get a feel about what that looks like or get a look at Jordan Love. Uh well, that's hell of, hell of a question. Mark, I, I gotta um, give I first of all, Jason Wilde asked that, this question, so I, I can't take full credit for it. Jason Wilde, I don't want to swagger Jack. He asked this question on Twitter and I thought it was unbelievable. It was like a, a listener, so I, but Wilde tweeted it out from a listener, and I thought it's just an incredible question. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's I guess gun to my head, I'd rather see Jordan Love probably just because, you know, you might be able to flip him for something. Right. He looks good. And then use something for, you know, use that for something that will hopefully provide some immediate help. Um, because, you know, again, we've talked Jordan Love is, you know, probably not starting next year. No. And, but I mean, you know, having at the same time off of that, it's like, you know, you might as well give, or it, it would be nice to have to build some chemistry with Dobbs and Watson and Rogers. But then it's like, well, if Rogers would actually show up and, and, and play in the preseason and do all that and do some, and I'm sure he does do some off season work. I know that people like to act like he just rolls in when it comes and goes as he pleases, but, uh, and he does do that, but I'm sure he has, I would imagine he has his teammates in an off season or, you know, an off season location, a remote location. I don't know. I've never heard running. those stories. I've wanted those stories. That about, the Rogers? Like, yeah. I never feel yeah, that's like true. I hear, I hear those. Like I think he well, puts it to work, but I don't, I don't know if it's right. always with his teammates. It might not be. It might actually, not be, I guess. Actually, no, you know what? I had heard something and there was some illicit drug use involved. I won't go into too much detail. 
but that Rodgers was out with a couple offensive teammates, um, you know, last year. And but it was like guys he was close with. It wasn't like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Well, I also think that it doesn't really fit the media's narrative of Rodgers oh, God. at this point in time, the last couple of years. So, yeah. um, you know, believe me, I, I I would love to move on from Rodgers as much as the next guy. It's just kind of not really the hand we're dealt right now. Yeah, um, I mean, as the that, oh, I, ahead, I think he I, I think he does get an unfair uh, reputation for you know it, it for whatever reason it's bothered me the last two years that you constantly hear about there's a couple of things that bother me in regards to the media's treatment of Rogers. It's that he, he wanted out. I don't think he ever wanted out. I think that, that, that was an over-exaggeration. And I also think um, the whole like retiring and unretiring. I don't think that's, I think that's bullshit too, that that's right. the media wants that, but right. no, when is he ever, ever even, you know, it's P boy. It's P boy Adam Schefter. You know that's what he does. Right. He's tied to the agents, and he he uses the agent. The agents basically use Schefter as leverage. Oh, and, all, these fuck, all these fuck John Hammond. Oh, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is everybody. You're right. It's not. It's it's everybody gets leveraged by the media, and the agents just basically control the story. And Schefter. Oh, yeah. Schefter tweeted out, you know, at four o'clock in the fucking morning last Saturday, Sunday, oh, Deshaun Watson has made such good progress in these NFLPA closed meetings that no one fucking knows about, right? So yeah. how the fuck do you know, my guy? Like, how do you know what's going on? And it, you don't. You're eight, the agents just printed out a tweet for you to, to go write. You're like, go take that and write that. Put that in your old Twitter machine, uh, Adam, and, and go ahead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, sorry, sorry to get you started on that. But, no, it's um, I know, but it's you're right, and I the, I guess to the back to the question, like I I think you could do both. Like if I put my realistic hat on and just understand, we'll be underdogs in Miami, lose to Miami, season's kind of over. Let Rogers play with the Vikings, do the Dobbs and Watson thing. Then you have three games of Rogers with Dobbs and Watson, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, and then Lions again. Jordan, the annual Jordan Love Lions game. And the, you also get the hometown fans. They get to see Love. They haven't seen Love. Love's two starts have been on the road. I think that would be kind of cool that you'd get Love at, at Lambeau and he gets to kind of experience that. And maybe the Lions are still fighting for a playoff spot and get an opportunity to maybe knock them out of it. And I think that, to me, would be would kind of be the perfect situation if the Packers weren't going to make the playoffs. How do the Packers play the Lions the last game of the year every year? I don't fucking I dude, I nothing pisses me off more than the week 18 schedule. I, I don't I just don't get it. Like it's so simple. All we have to do is rotate these teams in and out. Like, all right, Packers play the Bears and Vikings, or Packers play the Vikings this year. I think part of it, honestly, is the NFL knows that certain matchups just are better for TV, right? Like Packers, Vikings, Bears, Packers, Bears. And they don't want to risk a meaningless week 18 game and a waste of potential TV dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like they're going to want the Niners and Rams week 18 every year and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and in some of it, you just kind of can't like, you know, if you had to handicap what are going to be like the quote unquote primetime games for the, you know, week 19, week 18, you're going to probably 
maybe the AFC, definitely the AFC South matchup between the Bengals and Ravens. You'll probably get an NFC East rivalry in there. Um, you know, I'm sure they, they can't help stop coming themselves. They have so many good AFC East teams, right? Um, there yeah. could be Jets Dolphins is the last week of the season. That game could really matter. Um, you could see, yeah. So they're, they're going to be, they'll have games to games to be played. I mean, the Packer game is probably a new start unless it's like a winner get in playoff spot. And then they'll, that's a 325 or a, or a 720 game at Lambeau Field. I wonder if like they just pencil in the Packers and Lions for the last game of the year because the Packers already have six or seven primetime games. Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's another, that's another angle too. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that there is a like a cap that you have to hit. And once you hit it, you can't really, there's no going back. You can shift down to like 325. But once you've played a, a certain amount of like, 720 or Monday night games, you're, you're, there's no going back there. Oh, yeah. I mean, or the 325, you know, primetime standalone game. That would include, but because they don't play six or seven nighttime games. They play, <laughs> yeah. They play, they play three of those and then three of like, you know, it's usually week one, two, three, four. The Packers get their, <laughs> get their tour of networks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then, That's great. And then, yeah. you know, so eventually, you know, you can't have a, a primetime game every single week. No, 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 no. And team, people get sick of it. I, they they also do this weird thing where it's like some teams in primetime for like three or four straight weeks. So the Patriots are in primetime again this week. This I think third straight week we've had the Patriots in primetime, which I don't know if anyone needs to see that offense again. But that's here and our there. Right. Moving, moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, another team that makes people cranky. Uh, the Brewers did not really do anything during the winter meetings. They were one of a few teams – that sat on our hands while $1.5 billion was spent during the winter meetings. Then you added another $162 million that the Mets spent on Brandon Nimmo uh, this evening post-winter meeting. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so, here, so here's the thing. And I know what you guys are going to say. I know, Is he worth that? Oh, no. Oh, God, no. Absolutely. I mean, the guy's fucking injury pro. Like. If you're gonna pay Brandon Nimmo eight one sixty two, why did you pay that to the crop? Like, I don't know. There was a there was a rumor out from a journalist that Degrom basically didn't like Steve Cohen, and Degrom didn't like the accountability. I don't think he liked New York. Yeah, I think he just wanted to fucking just be like, you know, Go the back state to Texas. I think that's yeah. where he's from. Uh, and also too, the state income he doesn't have to pay pay tax like state income tax. Like that's like a thirteen percent difference. I from Florida. You know, yeah, it's just um, you know. But anyway, yeah, could yeah, that could be. I mean, no, it, Texas has some tax laws that are beneficial to athletes. It's not. It's might. I might yeah, be saying it's called no income tax. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you made a comment that it was Florida, but it's like oh, he said no. Florida. He's from he's from Florida. I was correct. Oh, myself. Right, I right, thought right. he was from Texas, but he's from right. Florida. But anyways, um, so I know what Mitch is gonna say. You're like, Charlie. You're carrying the water. You're doing it again. But I don't really know. Who is out there that I'm like, yeah, I wanted to sign this guy. Yeah, maybe a reliever like Chris Martin who went to the Red Sox. I that would have been that would have been bad. Two years, seventeen million dollars. It's a little expensive for a reliever, but I would have been okay with that. I would have been I would have been perfectly perfectly content if that's what the Brewers did with you know the winter meetings, but they didn't. And so now people are pissed and are like, you're not going to spend any money. And then Adam McCalvey sort of deadpan said, "There's four months left in this off season." one of right. these people, which is very true. And there was a famous podcast where 
I was finally like over it with Stearns. I think this was two years ago now. And then they signed Colton Wong literally like two days later. And then they yeah. did something else. And so, well, it's, it's, they're, um, they're never going to make the splash signing. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, which, which is basically what winter meetings is. And yeah, I'm sure that, um, well, really, this is a uh, kind of uncharted territory with baseball. I mean, to have all these guys sign, you know, kind of, kind of at once. I mean, you know, I'm thinking of like Bryce Harper and Machado. Those guys didn't sign until like what February or something a couple years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, the, like the big money deals where like, I think baseball probably wants, you know, because that's the thing can. now is like you have, you have, NBA has their 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 July first or whatever at now they do five PM so everybody can watch and you know react to um all the signings and you know the moratorium starts but mysteriously these guys are all signing one minute in. Yeah and uh, <laughs> and uh now football has uh football has a lot of player movement now and um the trade deadline is like becoming more legit with the NFL. They moved it back a little bit. So teams are, they make it more of a factor for, for kind of that, you know, to generate discussion. And I got to believe that baseball loves having the winter meetings, you know, in um, early December for a couple of days at their first half of the week, kind of get some attention. I mean, Aaron judge, that was basically the national story on Wednesday was, you know, him going back to the Yankees and, all this money that's being spent by baseball, which is good for the game. I mean, to have the discussion. So it's, I'm sure they're excited that uh, judge signed for big money. DeGrom kicked it off over the weekend. Trey Turner and Bogarts. Bogarts, All those guys are signing as opposed to like kind of just trickling in over the winter. So, so So, can can I, can I, well, go ahead, but I'm going to, we're going to invite conspiracy Chuck in here uh, in a second. I'll say the, the Brewers were, are never going to do that. They're, you know, no. obviously we all know that they're not, they're not in, they're not in play for anyone that's commanding north of a hundred million. I mean, right. it's just, it's just not going to happen. Right. Um, it, it's, you're absolutely correct. And to invite conspiracy chalk into the podcast studio, um, they, this is planned. Like Manfred agents, teams, there's, I think they were like, look, we can kind of Let's own this week. Here. We can, yeah, we can own this week. I am more convinced that Manfred's pulling strings. I don't know if you saw that long Twitter thread a couple days ago about the guy who did all the reporting on the all the balls, all the juice, all the balls basically being manufactured not only for the postseason to have Mark Carey, but also New York Yankee games in April, in August and, and September. Did you huh. see this? And no I one's talking about no one's talking about. Because all these media, we go back to the media, not to bitch about the media yet again. It's been a theme of this podcast, but it's like all of them have their hands with, with baseball, right? Fox, ESPN, uh, NBC has stuff with Peacock. So it's like no one wants to cover this story because this is a major, to me, this is like a scandal. Like this should be like Rob Manfred should get fired type of shit. Like if you're man, like if you're manipulating baseballs like this, like that's bad. That's not oh, yeah. good. That's that's as bad as like taking steroids. Like, you know, Roger Maris Jr. is like, oh, Aaron Judge should be the home run king. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, don't go away. Like, you're living off your dad's name. Like, just embarrassing. Whatever. Another story for another time. 
But yeah, I, uh, I, I think that the, it should not be expected. And I don't know why people are like running to these tropes about like, I saw Ben Verlander, who's one of the worst follows on Twitter. I don't follow him, but like that guy stinks. And he's like, it's like, all oh, these, these owners are billionaires. It's like, they don't just like, they don't only spend money on their baseball. Like they're billionaires for a reason. They have investments in real estate. They probably have investments in other teams. Shout out Mark Ananasian. Uh, shout out the Red Sox. Like, the Red Sox, to what the Red Sox are doing is way worse than anything the Brewers did. Like, if I was a Red Sox fan, I follow a good amount of them on Twitter, like, I would have all the right to be fucking pissed off at what's going on right now. That these guys are basically trying to get an NBA team into Vegas, per what a lot of people think. And they're trying to maybe sell the Red Sox. They're already selling Liverpool. They're not really focused on the team. And they're just letting guys like Bogarts walk. Uh, if Rafi Devers is available, uh, Jake Reitz on Twitter uh, last night uh, put it. I guess there's like a basically a trade generator for baseball. I don't know the website, but it was Devers for Ruiz, Tyrone Taylor, and somebody else. And I was like, yeah, hundred well, yeah, percent, all in. I, I don't, I don't care who it is. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I would do it. We we've talked about it. We. I, the third, my two third basemen now, as I told you guys, I said, we need a third baseman. And again, the signs are pointing to that because they deal long and now Urias moves over to second base and they, I'm telling you, they're going to get a third base. Yandy Diaz is the other guy that now I'm kind of circling, circling the drain with, because I'm like, all right, this guy hits. It's like 296. I like 14 home runs. His arbitration is the highest for the Rays and the Rays have a bunch of arbitration guys, just like Brewers do. Like, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, doesn't play that great defensively at third base, but we'll worry about that. But and he takes a ton of walks. Like, there's just a lot of things that check the box where I'm like, if we can't get Devers, I want I want the Yandy man, as I'm calling him, because um, that's the next guy on my list. But I'm just saying, to, to sum it up, the Brewers are going to do something. Like, they're not just going to keep the same fucking team. And if they do, we have a right to be mad. But this is where I – I don't know what happened with Brewer fans. Maybe it's the hater trade, but like, just gotta be patient, man. You well, can't I mean, just but... people are mad. People are mad. I mean, just be, just be glad that people care still. No, it's right. Because I mean, the way it's trending, uh, that might not be the case. No, in a couple that, of years. No, and, and that's right. And I think that them caring is more than enough more than enough reason to keep this team competitive, right? To make sure that people are going to want to come out to these baseball games. I I also think Philadelphia, you know, getting Tywin Walker, getting Trey Turner, Tywin Walker got a big deal too, which I was way too much money for Tywin Walker. But I, I think that's partly related to the fact that the Eagles are playing so well. The Flyers aren't, aren't bad, but they're not great. So it's like you have to compete with the Eagles, a little bit of the Sixers, Sixers ever get good. And like, I think for the Brewers, like you have the bucks there, like you, you got to try to take some of that fan share away. And I, you can't just have the same team because if you send that message, to the fan base, no one's going to come. They're going to come Friday, Saturday, drink, have a good time, tailgate, but they're going to spend their money elsewhere. And I just, I, I like the fact that they're committed to the core. I believe that's what they should do. I thought what Craig council said this week was good thought he looked a little more fresh. Like he looked like he was like, he had a couple months off just a little R and R and looked good. 
And so I just, I do wonder, like, is that some, is, you know, what, what will be the move? But I know that a move is going to come from Matt Arnold. Yeah. I mean, I think Willie Adamas is probably gone. Uh, really? Yeah, I do. Something just tells me that they're going to trade him to the Dodgers. I think that that's, that's probably going to happen. Um, it just, I don't know. It seems like that's with Trey Turner going to the Phillies. I, I mean, I, there's probably got to be a deal there. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. I think they, they can get, I don't know, some infielder in return. And then you have the spot open for Terang. Um, I don't know. Uh, something tells me he's probably gone. As far as Yanni Diaz, um, he only has four years of service time in. So he does, he would have a couple of years under contract. Um, but still kind of a stopgap guy. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but, uh, you know, he's, I'm not sure if he's like a long term answer. No, he's 31. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he is a long term answer by any by any shape of the word, but I, I do think that he is a guy that you could at least, you know, keep yeah. this train rolling. And I guess with the Adonis point, I I just I look at what they I look at what they have and you could still do one more year and if things go sideways in July and it's not looking good, then Adonis is a major trade target and you you just you try to make this team a little bit better. The, the, the fucked up thing is they have the pitching to do it and their pitching's really good still. Like it's not that they didn't go away. And you could argue it could be better than last year because they had so many injuries. And just can you make that offense a little bit better? I like the Christian Bielich workout pictures uh, today. Like, it's a good put everybody on notice. Like, we're working out for the season. Like, again, that's kind of that Rodgers thing, right? Like, just let people know. Like, you're, you're, you're putting in the work. And as he joked about it, he was like, is it a workout if you don't put it on Instagram? Like, he knows. He gets it. It's the game. But yeah, I I think that I I'm not gonna freak out that no one no one got signed over the winter meetings. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't necessarily again I was never expecting them to get any of the big fish, so I don't know. They'll they'll do something, but it, it, it you just have to wait. Right. Yeah, it's just it's going to it's gonna take some time. It's not going to be it's not it's gonna Thompson esque. Yeah, oh yeah, for not, sure. Not, not, you're not gonna get the first wave of free agents but there will be somebody oh there i mean there's still a lot of guys available right jace, and, jace peterson went to the a's i see yeah yeah i did that didn't bother me at all um i was like eh, good, good for jace i uh, get a two-year deal I, I the dodgers point there was a rumor out there today that the dodgers don't want to sign correa because they'd make their fans mad because correa was part of the cheating astros team in 2017 I don't know how much truth there is to that rumor. I feel like that's like one of those where you hear it from somebody, but I like Andrew Freeman, such a smart guy. Like that's the annoying thing about the Dodgers. They have a really good organization. And so it's like, you know, I, I'll last question on this. And then we can kind of wrap up for the day. If the Padres are like, Hey, Fernando Tatis is available. Um, do you take a phone call? Like AJ probably calls you. And it's like, Hey, would you be interested in a package for Tatis? Are you are you having a conversation with Adrian Preller about 
Fernando Tatis? I'd say yeah. Um, that's an interesting one too because right with them signing Bogarts, like I wonder if you know again, like was there a clubhouse poll? Like, do we want this guy still? Well, um, my guy fucked us last year. My guys and, at Divine Divine Sports Gospel are convinced that everybody's staying, and I I appreciate the delusion. Um, but like it's like I, I just don't feel know, like but, why are you gonna t- put Tatis in the outfield? Yeah. He's not an outfielder. He he doesn't have the body of an outfielder. He doesn't – it doesn't seem like it would work. I mean, I guess you could have Tatis playing DH. He could be your DH, and that's what you do. Oh, my God. Right? I, I, A lot of money for a fucking DH. Yeah, that's – I agree. I Look, I, I'm just saying, like – I mean, if, you you can, you can get creative. I think, you know, Bogarts could be kind of a DH. Yeah, yeah. Or, or you know, but they have Machado at third, too, so you're not going right. to – it's like I I think you have to I think you at least have to take a phone call you at least have to have a discussion about sure. it for, and I I mean honestly it goes for any any team like that oh, yeah. that yeah you know that's and, that's like that's like when Durant was available for two weeks right, right I mean, exactly every every but, team is trying to trying to figure out a way you at least have to see what that package looks like. You understand you'd be taking out a lot of money because he has, I think, a 14-year, $300 million deal. Like, it's a, I mean, it's a significant amount of money. I, you know, and there would be a cause and effect there. Would you try to flip Yelich out there? That would be one question I would have um, because I think that would be some part of the conversation, right? And, and yeah. Jesus, I, that's crazy. Right? I mean, I, look, this is, this is fantasy land stuff now. This is like, the fans expecting the winter meetings type stuff, but yeah, right. it's he's back on April twentieth. Like it's not like he's like you'll miss him for two weeks and then he's back. And Brewers are pretty good about uh, sheltering guys who had some PED problems in the past, and you know build them back up. And I personally don't really care. And I don't know being an immature kid in Milwaukee versus being an immature kid at San Diego. Um, there's a difference, and you probably you don't you can't make as many mistakes here here in the big city or not big city in the uh, small city of Milwaukee. Yeah, right. It, it, there's some more temptation in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, just, just a little, just just a little out there, right? You know, I mean, Tatis has probably ran through half of San Diego State already, um, but maybe a little bit of a University of San Diego as well. Just kind of keeps his options open. But yeah. Uh, uh no, I, I'm into it. Um, it's I'll I'm sure I'll float that out again. Won't be the last time. Anything else for people before I ride out? I think that's it. Um, did you did you enjoy your Marquette viewing experience with me last last Saturday as Marquette lost to Wisconsin? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's always fun to uh, <laughs> see Chuck get fired up. I thought I was I thought I was in relative control. I. I think we only, got, we only got one one hat throw. Yeah, I, I mean, or did we get two? I don't remember. I think we got two. It was bad at that overtime, but advanced, I mean, advanced analytics there. The, yeah, uh, the, the over the over hit. Yeah, it was one and a half. It hit, uh, went over. But yeah, I mean, it was nothing just, better than a good hat throw. I mean, that's, no, no, yeah, you, <laughs> I, I love it. Like I, oh, it's oh, it's a go to of mine as well. Yeah, you just sometimes you just got to throw a hat, and it's like it's just frustrating. I got, uh, I got, I have three bucks fitted hats. Yeah. One of them I've had for four or five years now and it's starting to get kind of, kind of gross. Yeah. And then the other two are 
the brims are all bent up because I fucking thrown I've thrown them so many times. <laughs> and one of them, the yellow one that I have, I wore during game seven of the Brooklyn game. Oh and I I wrinkled the brim during stressful moments of that. So it's hard hard to fix them. Dude, we need to get you like just a Bucks dad hat for Christmas that you just basically that's the that's the stress hat. Like you have one that's just like a flexible, flexible brim. So then you 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 just avoid this problem altogether. Yeah. But because of that, I've I've kind of gone away from the reckless treatment of my hats. No, that's fair. Uh, I mean, you're raising you're raising hat awareness here. Um, I think it's like I, I can either I can either do the hat throw or I can punch a wall. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, one's one's significantly less expensive to uh, to deal with. I've never right. or I'm, less dangerous. I mean, I don't wanna, I don't need to break a knuckle. Right. The only time I've came close to like doing something of the breaking wall type with the game was <laughs> fail, the fail Mary. I was living with my parents at the time when the fail Mary happened, and I just stormed out of my house. I slam, I like slammed my fucking door. I was so mad. I didn't have a lot going for me at that point. I was unemployed. I had just got done with college. Like really, all I had was the Packers at this point. Um, I was blogging. I don't think I was podcasting yet. So I had that, but that was it. And I was like living at home. It's like I feel like a fucking loser already. Then this bullshit happens to the Packers with replacement refs. And uh yeah, I slammed my door, went on a walk. It was like I just need to get away. Um, played some music and came back. But yeah, that was the only time I've I've ever came close to like breaking a wall or or punching a wall or something like that because of a sports sports team. Nor have I ever I've never punched a wall. I ran through a screen door once. That was uh, in college. I got mad because somebody put dip uh, in a beer bong and was not pleased. Oh, that's fucking gross. Yeah. Yeah, it was bullshit. It was, it was a douchebag move. I, I shouldn't have paid for it. I shouldn't have paid for the screen door. I felt really bad because I like blacked out and just didn't remember any of it. And I I think I peeked at my, like, our apartment and uh, my buddy's girlfriend at the time cleaned it up, which bless her heart for that. Um, I mean, it was payback because they also screwed her on my bed like a week earlier. So it's kind of it's kind of like a tip for tap, like kind of thing. It's like, well, clean up your few because you you know kind of had sex in your bedroom. It's here or there, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's the only that's kind of the only like harm of walls or doors or, or screen doors that I've that I've uh, caused throughout my life. Yeah, no, I never, never, never really punched a wall either. Yeah, or broken, so. or broken any any furniture or anything like that. Yeah, I was I we're too late along, but I was going to talk about Christmas stories, but I'll do that on Monday, I think, for the Daily Tap. I have some advice for people who are going to their Christmas parties uh, in uh, you know the the workplace. Got to be careful on those. Yeah. So all right, and that's a that's a word to the wise. If you have your Christmas party tonight, don't get too drunk. Just get drunk with your buddies and have a few beers, but this. Save it for your friends. All right, that does it for today. We'll be back next week. Uh, we'll probably earlier in the week because uh, I got stuff going on late in the week. So we'll uh, we'll be back in the mix and talk about all the things. Have peace. a good weekend. Oh, peace. Late. I I screwed that up. Peace. Have a good weekend. I I fucked your outro. Have a good weekend. Go see Garden Home in Madison. We'll see you later. Yep. Peace.